What is up, guys? Welcome back to The Inner Athlete. This is episode number 41. And today's episode, I'm going to try and keep it pretty simple uh, because the, the, the topic of the day today is all about hormones. And I did actually start by wanting to kind of go into all the nuts and bolts of the different types of hormones and all that kinds of stuff. But I think what I'm going to actually do is start this off of a, as a series. And I wanted to start today just by kind of talking about hormones, talking about hormone imbalances a little bit. And, and then kind of lead the way for the next couple of weeks as I kind of um, decipher some things that I feel like you guys should learn a little bit more about when it comes to hormones and hormone imbalances. Because the truth is, is that we can focus on one hormone over another and kind of get really hung up in isolation. But the, the truth is, is that all of our hormones are very connected. Um, and there is going to be one big overarching theme that you're going to hear today when it comes to hormone imbalances that are likely most of the cause of any kind of issues that you guys might be having. So hopefully this episode will bring you guys some value. And if it does, please let me know, shoot me a message, shoot me a DM. And if there's something in specific that you want to know more about, let me know that too, because I'm always down to kind of, you know, kind of go more into the weeds on one specific topic. Um, but let's kind of dive, dive right into this. So what are our hormones? As I said, they're kind of like our body's internal receptors or little chemical receptors that signal um, the brain and the organs to connect and allow us to fulfill processes. So we need them for everything that we do in life. We, without having a properly functioning hormones, we wouldn't have an appetite. We wouldn't be able to reproduce. We wouldn't be able to do a lot of the things. We wouldn't produce white blood cells to fight off infection. There's so many things that our hormones do that it's, it's really easy to get focused on the ones that people are, are going to be most familiar with, which is the testosterone, the estrogen, maybe talking about insulin and cortisol, but there's so many other hormones in the body that um, need to be kind of talked about a little bit. But the main thing that I wanted to kind of talk about today was like the hormone imbalance thing. And, and that's something that is, is so big in, in the dieting world is, is this why I'm not losing weight? Is it a hormone imbalance? Um, so first things first, how do you know if you have a hormone imbalance? Well, Obviously, you don't know until you actually get diagnosed by getting in some kind of lab testing, whether it be a blood um, blood work, um, even going as far as like MRIs, biopsies, and all these different these different types of things. But oftentimes, what you're going to find with hormone imbalances is you're going to get some things like um, disrupted sleep, maybe um, abnormal weight gain, specifically uh, primarily in like the um, the belly area. Um, maybe you'll get some like um, hair growth as a woman. Maybe you might get um, more acne. Um, maybe you'll have skin issues, dry skin, um, things like that, hair loss, um, or like I said, um, abnormal hair growth in different spots. But basically, you know, something's not right. Even things as much as like um, fogginess in the brain, fatigue, these are all signs that um, hormone functions off, not to mention um, sex drive going down um, can all be signs that there's just something not right. So if you are experiencing any of those things, it is always a good idea. And if you aren't getting regular lab work done to make sure that you are, once a year, maybe twice a year, depending on how old you are, just getting some lab testing done just to check on things and remind yourself that you're always looking to optimize, not just troubleshoot, right? So most doctors are going to take a look at your blood work and they're going to say, hey, you're not sick, so you're healthy. Well, I always tell people to go one better. And that's knowing if you're not sick, how healthy are you? So if you're borderline in the low levels, let's start to work on some lifestyle changes that are going to bring those levels up to an optimal level. So that's that's one of the things, definitely, and that's how you identify them. But more so, if you're finding that you think that you might be um, dealing with some hormone imbalances, it's looking at your lifestyle as a whole. And that's what today's topic is going to be about. So let's just say you think or you suspect that you have a hormone imbalance, or maybe you do have a hormone imbalance. Um you know, what, what could you be doing to help that? 
Well, first thing, this is even what I'll mention when it comes to weight loss is you want to know why the hormone imbalance is there. So what caused the hormone imbalance? Now, there are rare cases when there is an actual gland issue. So the gland that produces the hormones aren't functioning properly due to a genetic mutation or something that is outside of your control. However, that is a very rare thing and that the majority of people that have hormone imbalances, it is caused by lifestyle situations. And I'm gonna kind of talk about those a little bit today. But as I mentioned, always make sure that you're getting your lab work done. Always make sure that you are double, uh, double checking those things and looking into those things before you do that. But regardless, whether it is a glandular issue or it is a lifestyle issue, the lifestyle issue should always be addressed regardless. Because if you aren't optimizing, you're only leaving yourself to obviously perpetuate the symptoms that you're having. And at the end of the day, it's like you can keep living the life that you're living and being mad about the hormone imbalance you have. But if you want to feel better and the ticket is making a couple of lifestyle changes, maybe it's worth it to, to kind of navigate those things. So I wanted to talk now about one of the main reasons for hormone imbalances. And I'm going to start by talking about what most people think is um, the main cause. And they think about things like, um, well, thyroid also has hormones that we, we need hormones to produce proper thyroid function, but they say my thyroid's the reason, or um, uh, menopause is the reason, or um, aging is the reason. And those are all valid reasons for a decrease in hormone function. But aging in particular is the one I'm going to talk about, does not necessarily cause a hormone imbalance. Aging does cause our body to produce less hormones, but in a healthy individual, the amount of hormones we stop producing is the same. So even though we might be producing less testosterone, we're also producing less estrogen. You know, it's things like that that happen in relation as we age. It's not, we. it's, it's just like we don't, as we're, you know, as our bone health goes down or as our bones become more brittle as we age, we don't get weaker shins and keep our femurs, uh, you know, stronger. It, it, they, it kind of degenerates all together. And it's the same thing with your hormones. You shouldn't have one fluctuating more than the other. However, due to lifestyle factors, those things can happen where you will see more of one and less of the other. Um, and this is really big um, in terms of like environmental exposures. So smokers, alcohol drinking, um, even things like the type of plastic that you wear or plastics that you use, um, environmental um, air, pollu air pollutants, is that, is that the word I'm looking for? Pollutants. Uh, all of those things are going to be factors that um, are going to affect your body's hormones. Um, and, and the main reason is, is that all of these external factors, um, and I'm, talk I'm talking about environmental things right now, produce stress in the body. Um, they are stressors on the body. And stress is probably one of the main reasons for hormone imbalances. And environmental stressors is just one piece of those. Some of the ones that you guys probably think more about are things like work stress. So um, working 60, 70 hours a week, um, always kind of like being on that fight or flight mode. Maybe you have a really high stress job um, where you're always like on that fight or flight visit. Like you're always like on that, like on edge, like you're always ready to go. Maybe your workload is super high. Maybe you work a job where you're, um, you know, constantly trying to multitask. Your body's always under stress. And, um, you know, we can think in terms of the, the hormone that most people are, are very familiar with is cortisol. Cortisol is a good thing, like, but too much cortisol, just like too much of anything is a bad thing. Our body produces that cortisol to fight off of the, all of those stressors. And when there's too much cortisol in the bloodstream, that's not a good thing. So 
Um, environmental stress, lifestyle stress, like I mentioned, too much work stress, too much just life stress in general. Um, but other stressors that go along with our lifestyle, like not getting enough sleep, sleep deprivation is a huge stressor on the body. Our body is in a rest and repair state while we're sleeping. And if we're not getting enough time to do those things, we are going to see some downregulation in hormone, for, hormone production. Um, I think a big one that people don't think about as a stressor is training. Um, our workout habits. So working out is a stress reliever, but it can also, and is a stressor on the body. How we build muscle is our body perceives a threat, um, a stress, and then it has to adapt to that stressor. So um, that's why we build muscle because our body recognizes a need to support more weight. So we are given the signals, hey, build more muscle, um, which cat uh, cortisol is actually catabolic. So kind of getting into a little bit of the weeds on cortisol there. If you have too much cortisol in the bloodstream, your body's actually not going to be able to build enough muscle. It's going to become uh, catabolic on that muscle tissue. So um, training can be a stressor if you're doing too much of it. Um, I think another one that people don't think about um, is dietary stressors. Uh, and I'm going to talk first about food quality. Okay. So um, I do, I do teach my clients qualitative and quantitative uh, in terms of nutrition, but I do focus on them getting in quality food first. And then they are looking at the quantitative measures of that in order to change body composition. So, um, if a person is only following a qualitative style, I'm sorry, a quantitative style. So following what I would like to call the quote unquote, if it fits your macros and they're eating a lot of processed foods, a lot of, um, sugars, a lot of, um, gluten, a lot of dairy that are, are highly processed. That is a lot of stress on the body. So, um, sometimes dietary changes, uh, can be a huge help to that. Um, on the quantitative site, if a person has been chronically dieting, chronically under eating, that's a stressor on the body. So your body is going to downregulate, um, how it's using, uh, energy because there's not enough energy available. So it's going to say, Hey, I don't need energy for those things because I need energy for these things. And even things like non-exercise activity naturally will start to go down because your body's trying to preserve whatever energy it has and utilize it most effectively. So, um, that's where it's really important to make sure that you are being smart about diet periodization, knowing how long and how, how much of a dietary calorie deficit you should be in. Um, other dietary stressors qualitatively um, is, I'm sorry, quantitatively is actually overfeeding. So overfeeding an organism is also very stressful in the body. That's a ton of uh, food for the body to have to be breaking down. If that body is always trying to break down food, it's always in this fight or flight mode. So digestion um, oftentimes uh, when too much cortisol is released is actually going to go down. This is why a lot of people that live very high stress, high anxiety jobs have a lot of gut issues. Um, so qualitative and quantitative dietary changes are huge. Um, now kind of talking a little bit about hormone imbalances and all these things, guys, these things don't happen overnight. It's not like you wake up one day and your hormones are out of whack. Now I will say that our hormones will, we will change hormone profiles frequently, especially as a female. So we have a cycle and our body's going to be producing different amounts of hormones at different times, but the balance of them in relation to that time of our cycle is actually in balance for what it should be. However, all of these things I'm talking about, these stressors in the body are going to often disrupt our body's ability to, um, to produce the right amounts of hormones. Other stressors on the body that you might not even think about are even things like medications, um, supplements, 
um, that you might be taking that could be throwing off hormone balance. That's why I do believe in making sure that you are very aware of what you're putting in your body and all of those kinds of things. So as I said, kind of getting off tangent again is uh, hormone imbalances don't typically happen overnight. They often are accumulation of years and years and years of habits built up. And it's really hard because, you know, we kind of don't remember when things got so bad, right? Like we might've been fine. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, we maybe aren't feeling so good. We kind of keep pushing through. And the best analogy I'm going to give is, you know, most of you guys are probably in the CrossFit world that are listening to my podcast, but maybe you've had like a little, I'll call it the little itis, um, you know, where like maybe your shoulders got a little bit of a twinge to it and, you know, it's not that bad. So you keep working out, you keep kind of like, yeah, you're all right. You'll just kind of push through. And then all of a sudden one day you wake up and you're like, God, like I can't sleep now. Like, why is this keeping me up at night? You don't even know when like the light bulb switched and all of a sudden that injury became so unmanageable that now you're like, I got to take time off. I can't even use this arm right now. And now it's affecting your daily life. It's the same thing with hormone imbalances. Oftentimes people don't realize how bad they're getting until they're really bad. It happens accumulative over time. It's very similar to how we gain weight. You know, people don't wake up one morning, hundred pounds overweight. It's years and years of years of accumulated behavior, accumulated calories that um, end up leading us to being overweight or obese. So just as I'm saying, this is because I want you guys to understand that what it takes to reverse hormone imbalances is not going to be 30 days. It's likely going to be, I mean, I'm going to be honest, the time it took for you to get there is often the time it's going to take for you to get back to it. Um, but the more aggressive you are, just like with nutrition and with dieting, the more aggressive you are with addressing these issues and fixing lifestyle changes and modifications, the better off you're going to be. And at the end of the day, every change you make should be optimizing or making you feel better, not making you feel worse. Yes, there are going to be some psychological changes like giving up some specific habits you might have that become stressors initially, but they actually will create less stress over time. And um, that can be a huge thing for people to understand. Now, as I kind of mentioned earlier in this episode is kind of talking about some of the things that people are going to ask about is, well, what about what supplements can I be taking to optimize? What, what about hormone replacement therapies and things like that? At the end of the day, when I talk, when I talk about supplementation, yes, there are some supplements that you can be taking to help optimize, but if you're not using the supplements as the 1%, so um, it's kind of like building, what's the, what I'm gonna, what's the analogy I can give here is it's like, maybe it's okay. So it's, it's, you're gonna, you're gonna decide, you decide to build your own piece of furniture. Okay. So pretend that the supplements are like painting it. So you're going to need the structures. You're going to need the, the wood, you're going to need the nuts and the bolts and all those kinds of things. The supplements are kind of like the paint that you're going to put on top or the finish to kind of make it look good. It's the same thing with your supplementation. Now, when I talk about HRT or hormone replacement therapy, this can get a little bit messy because hormone imbalances, right? Corrected artificially, you are now still working with possibly overcorrecting or undercorrecting and still leaving yourself in a state of imbalance. So, and they also become a band-aid on the situation. So I think the bigger picture is with HRT therapy is knowing, okay, am I addressing the lifestyle changes that cause this issue? Or am I literally just going to keep putting a band-aid on the same problem? So here's another analogy I'm going to give you. Pretend you have a large wound on your leg. Maybe you, maybe you fell and you got like really bad road rash and it's like kind of pussy and gross and ugh, right? And like you put a band-aid on it and like 
it's like, okay. And then like the next day you go out and you like rash it again. And like you put another bandaid on it. And like you keep putting band-aids on this road rash. It's like, well, why do you keep getting the road rash to begin with? Like maybe we should put some protection on. Like maybe we should, maybe we should fix your driving if you're driving your car or your your bicycle. Like what is it we need to fix to stop the road rash from happening? So it can be the same thing with the HRT therapy. If you're just putting that band-aid on and you're never fixing the problem, why did that problem happen to begin with? You're never gonna get anywhere. So that was kind of the other thing that I wanted to talk about um, when it comes to that. Now, as I'm kind of going into the, towards the end of this episode, I think this is just kind of like, this is very free form today, guys. Like I said, I didn't want to get too much into weeds on specifics, but I often get asked, asked the question about how do our hormones affect our body weight? Because as I said, if your hormones are basically a chemical receptor that basically just give your body your organs like signals to, to release energy and to do, you know, to run out certain process. So like, for instance, giving your gut this, the receptor to like digest food or whatever. So, um, how does that affect our body weight? Like what is going on there? Well, there's a couple of things. So some of it is going to be artificial. Uh, I shouldn't really call it artificial, but more of like a water weight gain, right? So like high cortisol levels will often cause water retention, um, because cortisol does, um, regulate, uh, salt and water. Um, but more importantly, what happens is I, I kind of started to talk about this before. And I want to kind of just dive into a little bit more specifically is our metabolism. Whenever we take an energy, our body is, um, get, obviously we have to break it down, digest it, utilize whatever we need for specific functions. And then whatever's left is stored energy. Um, our body is given signals from our hormones on how to use that energy. And sometimes in levels or uh, in that um, time of stress, elevated stress levels, our body is not going to want to release stored energy. So that can be part of the problem is our body's not wanting to release things. Um, This is where people think of like uh, starvation mode when they're under or they're chronically dieting or chronically under eating. Not necessarily the case, but what will happen is our body will downregulate our metabolism to protect or, or preserve whatever energy is available. Um, but some other things that happen with hormone imbalances that people don't think about, and this is where I'm going to kind of talk about nutrition as an important um, avenue, is that they are getting a lot of cravings. They're getting a lot of hunger and a lot of cravings. Their body is, they're getting a lot of misfires and missed signals from their hormones um, as to what they actually need. So they're all of a sudden craving salty. So they're like looking for like chips and things like that. Um, they're all of a chunk, all of a sudden craving sweets. So they're eating a lot of chocolate and, and, and candies. One, oftentimes they're eating a little bit too many calories. So, so, so two things will happen is one, you've got this downregulation of metabolism. So a person, a person is technically burning less energy. So they need less calories and now they're getting cravings. So now they're eating more and they're having a hard time fighting it. So this is where really looking at nutrition from a qualitative and quantitative response or, um, a perspective can really play a, play a factor because if you're monitoring how many calories you're eating, even if you are getting cravings and you're craving in on them and you're not losing weight, um, this is where it can kind of um, be a good tool for you to see, okay, well, what do I have to do to lose weight? Now, this is where things get really complicated for people who are in a place of like, I hate how I look. I want to change my body. I'm so tired of feeling this way is the solution isn't always as simple as let's just watch calorie intake because in a perfect world, a person would have a healthy hormone profile and they're burning all the calories that they're, they're taking in. Their body's not preserving things. Their body's actually releasing stored energy 
then it's easy because they're not, they're likely eating enough calories to support weight loss to where if I take 200 calories off, their body's going to respond. But a lot of people, because their body is burning less energy at rest, because their body is in a hormone imbalance, the amount of calories that person has to take in in order to see weight loss is often very small. And this is where it can be frustrating because, you know, the, the solution is, well, we drop calories. So I can take a person who's eating, you know, 11, 1200 calories and they're not losing weight. And I can say, well, we can drop calories to eight or 900 and you can see if you could lose weight then. And they might, they actually might at the end of the day, like I've, I've mentioned this before is there is a calorie number for everybody that you will lose weight at. It's just some people's calorie number is much lower than others. So I could drop calories, but that's when quality of life goes down. Now we're giving the body more signals that there's not enough energy available. Um, and that's when other things start to happen. And usually that person is not um, going to be feeling as good. So they're not going to want it. They're not going to be as motivated. So this is where the, the un unfortunate side of things is that that person oftentimes has to do a couple of things that take a little bit longer. So one of them is watching life stress, monitoring life stress, getting enough sleep, you know, making sure that even if you can't minimize stress in your job, you are maximizing your ability to recover from it. So um, for instance, as an athlete right now, as I'm, um, you know, getting ready for hopefully going to the CrossFit Games in a couple of months, um, you know, I've got to really manage my stress in between my sessions. I've got to make sure that I'm taking five, 10 minutes, if that's all I have to just get my body like wind down. So I've been kind of doing a five, 10 minute flush on the bike um, just to kind of bring my homeostasis back in. So you've got to take time out of that stressful um, state to be able to bring things back to homeostasis. That's going to be more important, but then also taking the dietary stress off. So prioritizing healthy foods, prioritizing getting in enough nutrients and getting in enough calories. You know, this is oftentimes what sucks is that people, they get so unmotivated when the scale's not moving and they're like, well, fuck it. This isn't working. I'm going to go back to eating whatever I want. Well, that's great, but that's not going to fix the issue. And you're going to be in the same boat in two to three months. So sometimes the answer is let's take the focus off of the weight. Let's put, put the focus on healthy quality foods and eating, eating enough of those and see what happens. Um, and then that can kind of hopefully help to cause or to correct some of the hormone imbalances and make it a little bit easier. Once again, every person's going to be very different. Every person's going to respond a little bit differently. Every person's going to take a little bit longer. Um, it also depends. This is where age does play a factor, what age group you are in and how long you've been dealing with the issues you've been dealing with. I think the other thing to kind of think about too with hormone imbalances is the role that our body weight and body fat percentage does play a factor in that. So having too much stored body fat is going to cause hormone imbalances. So if that is you and you do have a significant amount of weight to lose, then losing weight might be the issue. And I'm sorry, losing weight might be the solution to your hormone imbalance. So this kind of goes opposite of that person who might have been chronically dieting. Um, and you'll know the difference in the population because you've got the population of people that maybe have like 10, 12 pounds to lose, but they're, you know, literally working out. They are eating somewhat healthy, but they just can't seem to get that last 10 to 12 pounds off. And maybe they do find that they're, they're just not generally in a super healthy place. They just feel like, you know, you'll see some like that puffy belly or that puffy face feeling or that flushed red skin, um, versus the person that like has a significant amount of weight to lose. And they might be dealing with some other issues like diabetes or borderline hypertension and things like that. So you kind of know the difference between the population. Um, but either way, what I want you to get out of this episode is that stress 
in all forms is one of the easiest ways to create a hormone imbalance. And it's likely usually the main driver of it. Um, also that these stressors are going to make it even more difficult for your body to lose body fat and maintain a lower level of body fat because it is downregulating your metabolism and causing you to want to eat more. So knowing that and knowing what your, most of your guys' goals are out there, which is to live a healthy life and a balanced life and enjoy looking, going out in the summertime and wearing your bathing suits and, you know, walking around with, without your rock, walking on, walking out, walking around without your shirt on outside is that lifestyle is a huge factor in that. And so if I want to leave you with anything here today, um, I just wanted to kind of break down some of the basic things that I look for in maximizing lifestyle. And I'm going to take this right off of my summer shred because my clients are in week number, this is number uh, seven of the summer shred. Um, And this is not your typical summer shred. This is a very I want you guys to be getting the right things and minimizing the wrong things. And here are a couple of the things that they are working on that I think will also help with your hormone profile as well. So one of them is um, 20 minutes of movement a day. So a daily workout. This is not what all of you CrossFitters out there are thinking. I've got to go do a 20 minute AMRAP. I've got to go hit Fran. I've got to go hit, you know, high intensity. I've got to go max out my back squat. It's 20 minutes of movement every single day. And two of those days, it might be going for a walk, bike ride, getting out in the sun, doing some yoga, but it is also hit lifting weights, getting some running in, you know, getting your fitness in. Um, obviously watching food quantity. So if you suspect a hormone balance imbalance, looking at food quality. So they are weighing all of their food portions because um, they are in a, they are in a challenge. Um, but let's make sure that the qual the quantity of their food is correct. So they are they getting in the right balance? Uh, which is number three is, are they getting in a protein or are they, are they getting in their calorie amounts? So, um, then they have them hitting their macros, getting in at least hundred ounces of water, um, getting in at least 20 grams of fiber, not from potters or gummies, but from actual food sources, getting in at least 300 grams of vegetables a day, seven plus hours of sleep, 10,000 steps. And the last one that I put on there is that I want them posting the group daily, but that doesn't help your hormones. <laughs> That's just for, well, maybe it does if that alleviates some stress for you. Um, so so looking at that, some things that I want you guys to take away from that is one, getting in enough whole foods. Um, oh, and on their no list is that these aren't off limits, but they do have to subtract a point for them. Alcohol, eating out, and um, just not tracking food because then we're not actually watching quant- quantitative measures. So um, what I want you guys to get away from that is minimizing external toxins. So minimizing like alcohol intake, processed foods, um, you know, and also imbalance of macronutrients. So getting in too much sugar and carbs and not enough protein. Um, also getting in enough water, enough fiber, um, enough sleep, um, and enough movement and, you know, just prioritizing overall health and longevity, which guys, I get it. That's not sexy, but if not sexy, create sexy, then fuck it, go for it. And that's all I got for you guys today. Hope you guys had, or I said, God, I can't freaking talk. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode and I will talk to you guys all soon.